0: Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Sorry about that extra noise at the end. That was me standing in front of a speaker like a dummy. I apologize. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Aaron. I'm the lead pastor here. I want to thank you so much for being here with us today. I uh, want to take an opportunity to, to speak to all of our guests and say thank you so much for being here today. Uh, for those of you that are joining us on the online campus, we're so glad that you're here today. In fact, Simple Church, come on, let's greet our family and tell them we're glad you guys are here today. Uh, if it is your first time here, or maybe you've been hanging out with us for a while and you haven't done this yet, I want to encourage you to reach into the seat back in front of you and find what's called our Connect Card. Uh, if you'll take an opportunity to fill out one of those Connect Cards, that allows us to get connected with you to resource you on some of uh, your steps in your spiritual journey. We promise we're not going to sell your information. We promise we're not going to show up at your house unwelcome. Uh, the Snack Attack team might do that, actually, which that's a welcome kind of thing. Uh, that's a that's a small group that we've got here, a grow group called uh, Snack Attack, actually. That's right, isn't it? That's what it's called. And uh, they just target people and take free stuff to their door, lots of candies and goodies. It's just... Uh, What a fun concept, right? So anyway, uh, but I would love for you to fill that out. If you'll do that, uh, fill out a Connect card, drop it off at the Connect Center on your way out today. We've got a gift we'd love to give you. And more than that, uh, if you fill out a Connect card, I've got a small group that's coming up uh, that that we're in right now. It's six weeks long, and I would love to get to know you. I would like to invite you, but I can't do that unless you fill out one of those cards. So so please take a moment to do that. Uh, Our next group is coming up in about three or four weeks, and I would love to have you there join us. Amen, everybody? All right so we 're in this series uh, called uh, Song of oh, excuse me love Story excuse me and we 're looking at uh, the Song of Solomon and we've been going verse by verse through this and it's a little challenging when you're reading these verses because uh, they contain a whole lot of metaphors to, to things that would have been common to the people around there like when they talk about her hair looking like a, a flock of goats running down Mount Gilead well it'd be really nice if Mount Gilead was like right here and you guys could see that and understand that those... They were talking about these black hairy goats that were running down the hills. You'd get that reference. And so what I thought I'd do this week is I kind of brought some of the Song of Solomon uh, into modern day uh, local references to see if you can understand it. Would you guys like to take a look? Okay. You guys are totally enthused. Here we go. All right. (laughs) This is the PAV version. That's the Pastor Aaron version. And it's Psalm 4, 1 through 6 says, How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are like the illuminated Super Retina XDR display screen of an iPhone 13. Yeah. Come on, somebody. We understand that, right? Or how about this? Give me the next one. I'll just read them from here. This you says, Your teeth are like the snow-covered treetops in Hawking Hills during January. Each has a twin. None of them stands alone, right? Come on, give me the next. We understand that. Your lips are like the scarlet letters that ring out the Ohio State University. Your mouth is as lovely as game day at the shoe. O-H? Yeah, so you guys get that reference. Next. (laughs) Yeah, go blue right out the door. That'd be fine. And uh, it's okay. Back where you came from, Satan. Get behind me. All right. (laughs) Your temples behind your veil are like two slices of right thick cut apple wood bacon. Come on, somebody. That's right. Give me the next one. Your neck is like the national championship trophy, tall, lean, and the envy of everyone in the land. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, we did that. Let's go. Your breasts are like two chicken sandwiches from (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Wait, perfectly portioned and unlike Hobby Lobby, available on Sundays. Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness? Let's go. And until the day breaks and the shadows flee, I'll go to the mountain of Cinnabon and the hill of Cheesecake Factory. Put your hands together. That's the good stuff right there, right? Oh, man. Whoa, that's just silly, isn't it? I think there was one we missed that your hair is like sausage gravy flowing down off of a mountain of Bob Evans biscuits, too, right? Oh, yeah, got me. Somebody over here got me. They, they, I love you, whoever that was. Man, shirts should be enjoyed, not endured. Amen, everybody? we should enjoy our time here. In fact, I think the church should be your, the, the brightest moment in your week, and uh, we work hard to do that. And the Bible also says that laughter does good like medicine. And today, today I've got some medicine to give you as we look at this last this last part of the, the story. Um, and so I'm excited to share with you. Uh, one of the other challenges, if it's your first week joining us here as we walk through this, is as you read through the Song of Songs, there's, there's multiple characters that start speaking, and they they, uh, they kind of take left-hand turns without signaling, right? So you just don't really know who all is speaking unless you've got a good Bible that breaks that down for you and tells you. So there's three characters, and I've got an emoji translator we'll throw up on the screen. So it'll help you when you're looking at the verses. So you know when Solomon's talking, when his beloved, the Shulamite maiden, is talking, and when the daughters of Jerusalem are speaking, you'll definitely see those, uh, those indicated there on the screen for you to help you out. And I'll try to keep track of it, too. So here we go. Starts off in Song of Solomon, verse, or chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. And this is our theme verse, and it says, Solomon's Song of Songs. In other words, Solomon says, this is my greatest hit. He wrote 1,005 songs, so this is the best one. And she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. She says, the way you love, Solomon, is intoxicating to me. I have to have more. I, the, the way you love me and the more love I receive from you because you've learned how to do it. You've learned how to love well in human relationships you, you make me just feel so good. In fact, she goes on to say, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. In other words, your reputation, the way you treat people makes everybody feel good. Anybody know somebody like that? That when you're in the room with them, they just make you feel so seen, so validated. They acknowledge you. This is Solomon. He's learned how to love well. And when he walks in the room, everybody loves you. She says, no wonder the maidens love you, but they can't have you because you're all mine, boy, Right? Solomon had learned how to love well, and this, that's the goal of this series, is for all of us to learn how to love well. In fact, I think that, that you can be like Solomon, that, that people will look at your life and say, man, I want that. I'm attracted to that. What is that all about? If, if you'll follow God's way of doing things, if you'll do it, live your life, approach romance, approach relationships, His way. In fact, we want to help you do that. That's why we invite you into what we call our year journey. Do everything that we do here, right? Join Growth Track. Get into a small group. Be here on Sunday. Serve in the team. Do all that we do. Give us a year of your life, and I promise you, you'll look in the mirror and not recognize yourself. Your life will have been transformed as we lead you down the path of doing what God has for you to do. In fact, one of your first things that you can do is taking step one of the Growth Track. That actually is today. Right over here in this space, big sign says growth track. Right after service, we have our membership class so you can find out what our church is all about and find out hey, is this church really for you? Maybe, maybe you come here because you like the people or maybe because you like the preaching. I'm not sure. Oh, thank you. Maybe it's just because you like the guy preaching. I'm not sure. I'm like, yeah. That's my girl right there. But, you. I was a self high five. I do that lots. It's cool. No judgment. But you need to find out if this church is for you because it may not be for you. And so, step one of the growth track is, is a great way for you to understand who we are as a church, what we're doing here, the mission that we're on. And I'd love for you to take that. And step one is on the first Sunday of every month, step two is on the second Sunday, step three. Step four, follow the third and fourth Sundays as well, right? It's real easy, so we're just constantly repeating, but today's a great day to get on that journey, and then, of course, the rest of the steps of that journey will help you get on uh, as well to being transformed. If you'll get on God's journey, my promise to you is that others will see the difference in you. It will be evident, so so, so get on the journey. Make a commitment. I'm going to do it, right? Now, here's where we've been in this series. We, we're looking at this couple who have met each other, and, and, and we look at love as it begins to blossom, and so In the first message, we looked at the rules of attraction. There are three levels of attraction. There's there's physical, there's emotional, and there's spiritual. And it's important that you get them in the right order because they all have their place. There's nothing wrong with physical attraction, but it shouldn't be the basis of your relationship, that spiritual attraction is first, emotional attraction, and then physical attraction can take its place. And then the second week we talked about their dating life and the seasons that you go through in dating, the seasons of perfection where everything is perfect and everything is right in that relationship, the seasons of preparation we go through that we're building our character and getting ready for our loved one and to, to be married. And, and then the third, third season is the season of purity so fantastic messages. Please check them out as you look at God's way of approaching romance and dating, even the single life, uh, for all those of you that are single and possibly frustrated, I believe those first two messages will help you. And then in the third week, we talked about how do we have godly sex? And man, as uncomfortable as it might have been for me to say some things and for you to maybe to even hear some things... I think it's important that we say those things here in church because it's time that we reclaim the narrative on sexuality because the world has had far too much to say about it for far too long. They've been teaching our kids and they've been instructing us about how we go about it. And I think that that it's something. Sex is something that God made, therefore He's got a lot to say about it, right? And so I want to encourage you. If you missed that message, check that out. And then last week, our executive pastor Kyle Smith was here, and she knocked it out of the park talking about how do you have conflict? How do you survive when fight club starts in your marriage, right? And uh, so we're very thankful for her uh, and, and that message. She said, I think I got fired today. She called. I talked to her later. She said, I think I'm fired. I'm definitely fired. I said, you're not fired. I said, it was raw. It was real. In fact, if you guys appreciated her, would you give her some love and let her know? Yeah, Kyle. Uh, Kyle is it was, I told her, I said it was raw. It was passionate. It was real. And I said, it, and I bet everybody in the place appreciated it. So we didn't fire her this week. It was good. <laughs> today, today we're going to wrap up this story that we're looking at uh, for, for Solomon and the Shulamite woman. Uh, we're going to wrap up the story and looking, looking at their relationship. They're married now. The honeymoon's gone. They've had their first fight. Solomon put his fist through a wall. It's like an intense situation. And they're learning how to love one another. And now they're now they're in their old age, and it's, it's now maturing kind of love. And we're going to start in chapter 7 and hang out here for a little bit and move on to 8, but it start, starts off with him saying, How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter! Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of an artist's hand. So what is he saying? What he's looking at is, is things that, that people don't find uh, cute or find attractive, like feet, you know what I'm saying? He's looking at her feet going... Oh, your feet are so cute. Now, I think feet are like the grossest thing possible, but you know whose feet I think are the cutest? My wife's. Anybody else's feet, I don't want nothing to do with them, right? I, I don't want anything. I don't, I don't think they're cute. I think she's got cute feet. I'm with Solomon here in this situation. He's finding things attractive, things that nobody else would find attractive, but I, but, but, but I find him attractive about my wife, and he did as well. And then he talked about her, her legs, and he's now he's talking about things that he's appreciating things that during that time in that culture, it would not have been customary for anybody except the spouse to see the woman's legs. So he's talking about appreciating something nobody else gets to see except himself. And his, what's happening here and what he's expressing is a deepening love and appreciation for her. Now, for me, I, I understand Solomon. I've been married 17 years now. This, this June will be mark 17 years, right? She, yeah, blood for her because she ain't killed me yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, honestly. 17 years, but but here's the thing. All of her quirks and all those nuances, the things that, that used to bug me that I was really just like, ah, oh, man, I, I, I didn't really like, they're, they're all very endearing to me now. In fact, they're the things that I love most about her because they're the things that, that she and I really only know. Like, some of the things that you won't know today because, she's, because I rescued her from Kentucky is that she used to have, a, like, a real... <laughs> a real southern accent, and she, she talked real hillbilly-like, and, and she used to be real quiet. Y'all don't know that. She's real loud today. I've, I've empowered her, and, uh, but she, you, you can see on our wedding video, she just talked just like this, just, and very southern, right? Very southern hillbilly, and, uh, and, and still to this day, she, she doesn't talk much like it, but she's got a few words that she still says like she did back then. Like, try to, try to have her say oil, and she goes, oil. Oh. Like, i get my oil changed. You're just making a noise. You're not even saying a word, Right? <laughs> She used to call shopping carts buggies. Uh, she, she, she used to talk about and the kids would leave their shoes laying out. Well, the shoes are out there in the middle of the floor. I'm like, how'd they get in the floor? Like, are they in the floor? Like, lodged? Like, you know, there was just these, these phrases. And I used to make a lot of fun of, of, fun of her for them, but, but, I, but I love them. You know, the other thing I love about Shanda, that most of y'all don't know because she wears makeup, uh, is, is when she gets, spends time out in the sun, she gets freckled. And I love her cute little freckles. Most of you don't get to see those, but I do. I get to see them, and I love them. She's sweet, and this is what Solomon's saying. The the longer he spends time with her, these things that nobody else gets to see, well, they're beautiful to him. There's this incredible quote in the movie Goodwill Hunting where Robin Williams is talking about his wife who who falls asleep, and and she farts in her sleep, and she wakes herself up, and he's like, this is just an endearing thing to me, which I totally understand. Now, Shanda doesn't fart. She toots, okay, right? But... (laughs) But, but when she does, she always likes to be silent about it. Uh, she did it to me on the way over today, and it just—it just hits you. It just hits you. Hit and here's here's her response. Always looking at her, and go, "Did you fart?" And her response every single time is, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> Y'all don't get that, but I do, and it's special. But Robin Williams, after talking about, about, about her, his wife who would pass gas in her sleep and wake herself up, he said, but Will, she's been dead for two years. And that's the stuff I remember, talking about his, his wife who passed away. He said the wonderful stuff, you know, little things like that. Those are the things I miss the most, the little idiosyncrasies that only I know about. That's what made her my wife. And oh, she had the goods on me too. She knew all my little peccadillos. People call these imperfections, but they're not. That's the good stuff. And then we get to choose who we let into our weird little worlds, don't we? Ah, love. We're talking about a deepening and a maturing kind of love. Check out verse 11. He says, come, my beloved. Let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. He's like, come on. Let's go on a road trip. Just you and me. Let's get out of here. Let's go, just the two of us. And I'm like Solomon. I enjoy getting away with my bride, too. In fact, we were able to get away this past weekend, which I'm really thankful for. Uh, we were we were ministering. To, I was ministering at another church last weekend, which I'm so thankful for this team that that worked so hard to enable me to go out and and add benefit and, and add value to other churches, and and uh, super thankful for that. But but I got to go. My wife doesn't always get to go with me, but we went, and uh, they had this thing called a life suite uh, in the church building. Yeah, I said that right in the church building. They basically took a classroom and turned it into like a little Airbnb for traveling ministers. A bed and a living room, a full kitchen and a shower. Um, it was cool until we went back there alone at night, and uh, then it was creepy. <laughs> but we had a wonderful time together serving that church together. We just, we just enjoy getting away, and, and, and I would encourage you to do the same get away. But he goes on and says, Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines had budded. Now, remember, whenever they talk about vineyards or gardens, they're talking about their bodies, all right? So he's saying, Hey, let's. Um, well, you know, it's, yeah. He said, if their blossoms have opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I'll give you my love. Now, when he talks about bloom, you need to understand that they're kind of in the winter of their lives, right? But they're still making these springtime moments and these springtime memories, right? They're working at it, knowing that what they had, they can't settle for, that they need to keep on working at it. In fact, this is one of the big things for this entire series that I'm going to say to you again. For relationships to work, it takes work. If you're taking notes, write it down. Make a mental note. Make a physical note. For relationships to work, that's your marriage relationship, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with self, relationship with anyone, it's going to take some work. So do whatever it takes to create those moments, to create those memories. Do stuff you've never done. Revisit places that you've loved. Learn something new. Keep pursuing. Keep watering that lawn. Because remember, the grass is not greener somewhere else. It's always greener where you water it. Fan the flames of love. Now, there's two things that are not mentioned in this story at all, though, though we know they had them. Their kids and their jobs. Do you notice that? If you've ever read through this, they don't talk about their kids. They don't talk about their jobs. Why? Both are important, but they're not the priority relationship. And I think this is where we get things messed up. Guys, especially can be fall into this place because we'll work hard, we'll work long hours, and if you if you talk to a guy about it, he said, Well, but I'm doing it for my family. And at the end of the day, though, gentlemen, let me just say to you: I think your family would rather have you than have all the extras and the money and the stuff. They'd rather have you. So so the, the kids weren't the priority relationships. and I'm in the same boat. I love my kids. I've rearranged my life. I have taken other jobs. I have said no to lots of opportunities so that I could be available for my kids, but they're not the priority relationship. My wife is. That's why my kids, let me, I'm going to help out some of you married people right now with kids. My kids have this thing, um, it's called a bedtime, <laughs> and, um, and, and it's consistent, that, that even when they got into their teenage years, they were still going to bed at 9 and 9.30. Why? Because I love my wife. Because I want some mommy-daddy time. And it doesn't have to be like that, but it could definitely be like that. I wanted to spend time with her and connect with her. It got to the point where we were putting the kids to bed, and then the kids would come back downstairs because they wanted a drink or because I didn't get kisses or because I didn't get hugs or whatever it was. And so I started doing doing something to to introduce some awkward to that situation, and I would send the kids to bed. I would tuck them in, and I'd go downstairs and holler, pants off, dance off. Dad was taking his pants off. That way the kids wouldn't come down the stairs anymore, right? (laughs) I'm helping somebody right now. I'm telling you. I'm helping some. Then they just holler down from the top of the stairs, and then you just turn the TV up a little louder. You can't hear them, you know. But, but I I love my wife, so I put my kids to bed at a certain time because she's the priority relationship. In fact, when it comes to my job, I love being your pastor, Simple Church. I love you. I love you dearly, but not more than Shanda. I, I don't love you more than her. In fact, I want to kiss her on our 50th anniversary, and if I give all of my time and all of my energy and the best of myself to you, there'll be nothing left for her, and I'm not going to make it to the 50th. I want to get there. I love being your pastor, but I love her more. Solomon continues on, and the the, the verse continues on, and and now this group of, of people speak up, the daughters of Jerusalem. They say, who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? They're they're admiring them now. This group of people are seeing the love relationship they have, and they're like, man, this is incredible. I really long for this. I want this. And I'm telling you that if you will give yourself to doing things God's way, this can be you too. This is the invitation we're offering you, that you have the opportunity to be salt and light, that just by the way you live your lives, just by the way you love one another, you'll be a light to somebody who's like, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen a love like that. I've never seen two people love each other through such difficult things, right? Like, if you want to be a light to others, you've got to learn to do things God's way. And then she says, she says to him, under the apple tree, I roused you. There, your mother conceived you. There, she who was in labor gave you birth. What she's doing is just acknowledging his birth. She's saying, baby, you were born and you were put on this earth just for me. And She keeps on going. Says, place me. Thank you so much. Says, place me like a seal over your heart. Now, not like a art seal, like a you know, like a wax seal. I ain't doing it again. You can catch it on the replay online if you'd like to. Art, art, art. She said, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. And this is that wax seal that somebody would stamp. To let you know you were you were that you had purchased something right. What so she she's saying here is, is Solomon I want to belong I belong to you, and I want you to always remember that I'm yours and you are mine. In fact, she goes on and says, "For love is as strong as death." This is where we get that line in our wedding vows that until death do us part. She's saying that 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 if this love ends, that let it end because of death and no other reason. She goes on and says, "It's, it's jealousy unyielding as the grave." This is kind of dark. But she says that it's burning like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. And she's essentially saying here, may I go to hell if I allow anything to come between me and you? That, 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 that may my life be over and may I spend eternity in, a, in the lake of fire if I allow something to come between us. That's intense. That's intense. In fact, it used to be the way that the, the Jewish people, marriage is a covenant. It's not just a promise and it's not a contract with the state of Ohio. Marriage is a covenant you make to each other in the presence of God and your family, and the way they used to do a covenant is they would take a bull and they would cut it up, and lay the two halves on the ground. They don't do this anymore, and they would walk arm in arm in between the cutting up the, that cut up animal and say, "Let this happen to us, or worse, if we don't honor this marriage covenant." They took it very very serious, and the secret that we can learn from what she's saying is that lasting love is permanent. Lasting love is permanent. Now, listen, I understand there's people from all different walks in this place, and you come to this conversation with baggage around this, but remember our rules for this whole series. First of all, don't nudge somebody else and say, are you listening to that? Listen for yourself. And the second thing is is that we need to adopt a from-this-day-forward kind of attitude, that if you've been divorced, that that it's in the past, and Jesus paid for all that to be settled. Amen, everybody? That that from this day forward, we're going to adopt a value that divorce is off the table, that we're just gonna go ahead and be committed. We're gonna to work toward it because lasting love is permanent. We're gonna adopt God's principles and that means that you're gonna to have to be in it to win it for sure. Divorce has to come off the table. And listen, I understand there are valid reasons for divorce. Yep, I get that. But in most cases, most cases, I believe that God's grace is greater And I believe that his grace is sufficient. Amen, everybody? It is sufficient. So don't let the wounds of the past keep you from experiencing all God has for you. Choose to follow God's way. And if you do, here's what's in store. She says, many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. What is she saying? She's saying, there is no way that this is going to come to an end. Like if somebody came up to me and offered me $10,000 for my bride, the answer would be, unequivocally no absolutely not they offer me 10 billion dollars let me think about it I'll get back to you at the end of the day I'm kidding it's a no it's an absolute no there's nothing you can offer me that can separate us no jobs no kids no sickness no poverty nothing the storms of life are absolutely going to come to try to separate you but lasting love is persevering lasting love is persevering. We've decided and we have to decide that no matter what comes our way, no matter what happens, we're not going to allow it to tear us apart. We're going to allow it to push us closer together as we cling more to each other. That's what we have to do. Be committed to each other no matter what. Now, you know what? When everything's going fine, you know commitment's not really needed. When you're happy and everything's hunky-dory in the marriage, Commitment isn't isn't needed. You don't have to be committed when it's good, right? It's on the days that it's bad. It's on the days that it's difficult. It's on the days when they're sick, when things are unpretty, when they're overwhelmed, or maybe not themselves because they, they just had a bad day. On those days, it requires commitment to clean up the vomit. On those days, it requires a commitment to stand by your spouse as they go through what they're going through, or as you go through what you're going through. It requires commitment. And commitment says, I'm willing to be unhappy for a season while we work it out. The fabric of every great relationship, every great relationship is made up of commitment. Now, to be clear, I am not, not telling you as your pastor to remain committed in a space and a place where you are being abused in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not telling you that divorce is the answer either. But what I am telling you is that sometimes space between you and that person, whether that's a boundary of distance or a boundary of order, I don't care how you get it, but sometimes a boundary is necessary for perspective to be gained and the abuse to end. It's necessary. And you can remain committed in the relationship to work it out, but you're going to work it out with some space and some rules in between you so that abuse does not continue. In Jesus' name. I'm not telling you to be a whipping post. You need to work on your marriage. You can do that in separation. And I think that's the best way to get some help, best way to get some some restoration, some transformation. Lasting love is permanent. It's persevering. And now watch this. Now this group speaks up. and, And a lot of times in the Bible they identify this as the daughters of Jerusalem. But other theologians say that, that, that who's actually speaking here is her brothers. And her brothers say this, that we have a little sister, and her breasts are not yet grown, so she's young. What shall we do for our sister on the day she's spoken for? So, so what they're, they're saying here, it's, it's not her friends, it's her brothers. And the reason her brothers are speaking up and not the father is it's possible that her dad is dead. Because remember, it was her brothers that had her working out in the, in the fields for a long time. If you've been here through the whole series, that's what she complains about at the beginning. And so they're like, well, what do we do when she's ready to get married? Then they go on and they say, if she's a wall, we'll build towers of silver on her. If she's a door, we'll enclose her with panels of cedar. What are they saying? They're like, listen, if she saved herself, if she spent time working on herself, if she's kept herself for her lover, remained pure, she's got morality and values, if she's made good decisions, then what they'll do is they'll bless her marriage because these silver was a very common wedding gift. So they're saying, yeah, if she's if she's made good decisions, then that as their brothers, we're going to go ahead and bless it. But if she's been a door, one of those doors has just swung open for any guy to just walk through, and they come through single file. Been with this one, been with that one, making poor decisions. They said, well, if she's a door, well then we can't bless her marriage. If she's a door, then we then then we can't have her get married. Now, I understand some pushback on that today. It doesn't seem to fly, right, because we're Miss Independent, Miss Self-Sufficient, Miss Keep Your Distance, <laughs> Miss Unafraid. Is that Kelly Clarkson over there? I can't see. Right? I know that doesn't fly because it seems like, well, we can make our own decisions. And I'm, not, I'm not saying you can't think for yourself. That, that, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is it's not wise to, to make all these decisions on your own. That, that going it alone is not a safe place to be. We need a group of people who will watch out for us. A group of people that understand our public, who we are publicly and who we are privately as well. All those private parts of your life. They, th- from, from like your schedule to, to what's going on on your phone, What are you googling? What are you looking at? What are the conversations you're having? On social media with people, somebody needs to know that all your secrets and your sins. For me, I, I really value having having just being like an open book with my wife. She knows all my all my passcodes to everything. She she can get on my phone, all, any any of the social medias, all this stuff. I don't. In fact, I refuse to use any social media that I can't use in a web browser, so that there's history that shows her exactly what I've looked at. I, I feel safe and protected in that space. Right? I don't use these Snapchat apps where there's disappearing messages and all that. No, thank you. I don't want that. I don't need to have stuff that she can't see that's going on. I'm just saying, I'm speaking for me. I need it. In fact, she knows how I'm feeling tempted. She knows the sins that are trying to erupt in my life. In fact, the other day, I just, just, it just happened this week. I was helping a friend last week. He's, he's moving to a retirement home losing everything. And and there's a few things he wanted from his house. And as I went in there and I helped him move a few things out, we uncovered a a, a large stack of of adult magazines. And many of you know my story. That's from my past. And and as we left, he said, Aaron, here's the key if you need to get back in there. Because he had some other stuff, some some magic books and things. And you all know I do sleight of hand and things like that. And he's trying to bless me. And I was thankful for that. But you better believe I didn't go back to that house without an accountability partner. But my brain. Because my brain wants all those dopamine hits from looking at all that content. My brain likes it. My brain has been trying to figure out ways to get back to that place by myself. So I told my wife, somebody needs to know your thoughts. Somebody needs to know those secrets. Somebody does. Because here's what happened on Friday. It was my day off and I went to have coffee with a friend and I'd already told her, earlier in the week. My brain keeps trying to think of ways to get back to that house. I know where the key is. And so on Friday, I went and had coffee with a friend and she texted me and I hadn't responded. So she looked up where, you know, that find my iPhone kind of thing and she couldn't find me. I wasn't on the map. I was, I was actually in a grocery store. It was a big metal building and it just wasn't working. That's not my fault. But she didn't know that. And all she could think was, Aaron's made his way over there he's turned his phone off so he can't can't know where he's at and she was concerned for me you say, isn't that a little obtrusive isn't that a little much no no I felt protected she picked up the phone and she called me and I was like hey babe what's going on she's like okay where are you and I was like well I'm in I'm in a store and she's like okay I was just worried about you based on what you said I felt so loved and cared for that's not obtrusive that's not restrictive I'm being protected My privacy's not being invaded. I want to be as open as I possibly can with my life because lasting love is protective. Lasting love is protective. We need this kind of love. Guys, we need it. We need it in our lives. We need people in our lives that know the ups and the downs and all the in betweens. We need the people to know the good, the bad, and the worst. We need them to know our successes and our sins. That's why you need to be in a group. If you don't have people close like that, get in a group. I know they've been going for a few weeks. Get in a group. Quit making excuses. Get in a group. We need to be like the Shulamite woman who said, I am a wall. She said, no way. I've kept myself. I'm protected. I'm a wall and my breasts are like towers. Ain't nobody touching them. Thus, I've become in the eyes like one bringing contentment. She's like, I've got morals. I'm saving myself. And I belong only and totally to Solomon. what this did was it elevated her in Solomon's estimation and in her eyes. And then she said, as a result of that, she's somebody bringing contentment. This is a poor translation. The Hebrew word that it's translated from is actually the word shalom, and it means peace. That the way their love was, the lasting kind of love they had brought peace. Oh, that's beautiful, guys. Now, my relationship with my wife isn't perfect, but it's peaceful. My relationship with my team, with my kids, with my friends, it's not perfect, but it's peaceful. That's the kind of love that you can have in your relationships is a love that brings peace, not perfection, not the absence of storms, but peace no matter what. Hear me. Lasting love is peaceful. God's way is best when it comes to this, it is not restrictive in any way. It's peaceful. Amen, everybody? So get on the journey, join our family, go to Growth Track, get in a grow group, and watch this last section of verse. Solomon had a vineyard in Baal Hammond. Remember, earlier in the story, she's complaining about having worked out in the field and how dark she is. And uh, and, and, and turns out that this vineyard that she was working in all, all along belonged to Solomon. And she said, he let out his vineyard to tenants, that's her brothers, and each was to bring for its fruit a thousand shekels of silver. So this is what you honor. The guy who owns, you, you get to, to, to use the vineyard and collect for yourself, but you gotta, you gotta pay honor to him. So they're supposed to give a 1,000 shekels of silver. She said, but my own vineyard is mine to give. And what she used to resent, now she appreciates. The investment of that hard work early on in her life led her to being a woman of character, a woman of value. She had something to bring to the relationship. The 1,000 shekels are for you, Solomon, and 200 are for those who tend to its fruit. So she's honoring Solomon, and now she's honoring her brothers. She's looking back and saying, man, those are some rough days, and yes, I complained about it then, but look at me now. If I hadn't been in the vineyard working, she would have been like the veiled maidens out there on the edge of the fields trying to tempt the shepherds or maybe partying and getting drunk and carousing and doing all kinds of things that she ought not be doing. Instead, she was spending long days in the field learning and benefiting from this discipline. She was building up her character, and Solomon liked what he saw. He said, that's the kind of woman I want not somebody who's out carousing and partying. And listen to me, young people, there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day when you're going to go to your parents and you're going to say, you know what? I didn't like it then, but I am so thankful for your discipline in my life. I did. I went to my mom and I got in my 20s and I was like, wow, I see the difference that it's made in me. And I thanked her. thank you for being for disciplining me. Thank you for not letting me cut corners. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making me have tough conversations. Thank you for not letting me quit. Thank you. It made all the difference in my life. And then I grew up and I had kids of my own and I did the same to them. And I had friends of mine. They weren't believers, but they'd ask me, Why are you so hard on my kids? And I'm like, The world is hard. They gotta learn. They gotta learn. It's not easy. And they need to learn discipline now. I'm waiting on the day that my kids come to me and thank me. <laughs> They're 19 and 18. We'll get there. I need to teach them discipline. My kids now know I was and am for them. And I'm for you too, Simple Church. I'm not trying to be restrictive. I'm trying to show you God's best for your life. I'm trying to show you that there is a life you can have that is a full and fulfilled one. I'm trying to let you have access to everything that Jesus paid for you to have with his life, his death, and his resurrection. I want that for you, and I want you to want that for you too. Have it all. I'm for you. Now watch this. Solomon says, you who dwell in the gardens with friends and attendants, let me hear your voice. Solomon's at work now, and he's saying, thinking about her. He's calling her up. Hey, baby, I'm in this meeting, but I'm thinking about you. Watch what she says. Come away, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the spice-laden mountains. And of course, mountains, she's talking about her body, and that's exactly what you think it means. And this is the way this story ends, with their love deepening, their love maturing. And she's saying, let's see if you still got it, big boy. Let's go. <laughs> <clears throat> it's because they followed God's way that they can all enjoy, they can enjoy all that God had for them. Now let me give you two final thoughts as I, as I close this series. First is love is a choice we have to make every day. Y- you've got to choose it. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Feelings of love will follow your choices of love. But, but love is not a feeling. Love is not a ditch you fall into. It's a choice that you make and you continue to make every single day of your life. You'll know that it's real love when you choose to love in unlovable moments. When you choose to love when it's hard, when it's unpretty, when they're sick, when it's difficult, that's love. Because it will become a choice. You'll be faced with a choice. Will I love them or will I let them go? It becomes a choice. That's why the Bible says for us to make this one choice. List lists a whole bunch of virtues in Colossians 3. It says, over all these virtues, put on love. Why? Because love binds them all together in perfect unity. Love does that. Choosing love binds us together, and I want that for you. Choose love, because lasting love is permanent, persistent, protective, and peaceful. You know, I've been in prayer for all of you. Those of you that have been here this entire time, and those of you, it's first time today. I've been in prayer for your relationships, for you as a single person, those of you dating, those of you engaged, those of you married recently, those of you that are about middle marriage like Shanda and I those of you've been married a long time maybe even those of you that were married that wish you still the wish you were still single <laughs> I've been praying for you I've been praying that God do something supernatural throughout this series and my hope my hope is that you'll choose love my hope is that you'll choose love that no matter what's happened you'll choose to be committed to one another because No matter what's happened, God's grace is greater than it. His mercy is greater than it. In fact, the Bible says, as if you could exhaust his mercies today, that his mercies start over in the morning. They're new every morning. That's a beautiful thing. And we have access to that grace. We have access to that mercy. We have access to that forgiveness, the ability to forgive, because we've been forgiven. You say, well, they don't deserve to be forgiven, Aaron. You don't know my story. You're right. I don't know your story. I don't know all of your stories. But this isn't about whether they deserve your forgiveness. You don't deserve God's forgiveness. I certainly don't. This is not about whether you're deserving. This is about choosing to love regardless. Work at it. Get help. Talk to a pastor. Talk to a counselor. Go to that friend that you've just been been spending time having coffee with them, just trashing your spouse. Go to them and repent. I'm sorry. I've been talking bad about my spouse for years. And I want you to know that from this day forward, I won't do it anymore. And I need you to hold me accountable. i give you permission that if I start talking bad about them, help me. I'm committed. I'm in it to win it. I'm going to have a lasting love. Let today be the day that you say, from this day forward, I'll choose love. For no other reason than simply because you've received God's love. He's the one who enables us to love in the first place. Being loved gives us the capacity to love. Do you know that? 1 John, it says this we love because He first loved us. When we discover God's love for us, our only reasonable and natural response is to love him back how could you not so church let's just take a moment we're gonna pray we'll dismiss but I believe God's doing something in this place I believe he's doing something in your relationships it's been my prayer won't you choose to let him You choose to let him let him make all things brand new won't you choose from this day forward? So Lord, transform our hearts, change us, heal us. Every wound that is represented in this place, Lord, I pray that you would heal it by your grace. I pray that you would heal our marriages. I pray for the singles in this room that are frustrated because they've been single for so long. I pray for those in their their marriages that are struggling For the young people who are even struggling to understand the discipline at this time. Choosing to keep themselves for who you have for them in the future. I pray you bind up every wound. I pray that you forgive us of our past. And that you give us fresh starts and grace in every relationship today. As we continue to pray, every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and what you need most is just to to receive God's love. Maybe this is something you've experienced before and for one reason or another, you walked far away from it. Maybe it was a person that took you from your relationship with God or maybe it was an offense or maybe your schedule shifted or maybe you were chasing career or I, I have no idea what it, what it might be, but you would identify, man, I, I knew that love relationship and I've walked far from it. And today I'm ready to engage in it. Others of you, this is your first time hearing how much God loves you. Hearing about what he offers you. That it's not stuffy religion. It's alive. It's healthy. That God is for you and not against you. That if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be hanging on it. He's not angry at you. So today, if you're ready to step into that kind of loving, unconditional love, relationship. I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you're like, I need to come back, or maybe this is my first time, I'm going to give you a moment just to say yes. And the way you do that is just slip up your hand and say, Aaron, that's me. Include me on that prayer. Do that now. So yeah, that's me. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to make fun of you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I just want you to make that commitment between you and God right now. Slip up your hand. So that's me today. If you're watching online, there's a place for you to mark. I'm saying yes to Jesus today. Make the decision. Church, let's all pray together. Nobody prays alone. Everybody praying out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Forgive me for my past. Fill me with your spirit. Make me brand new. Show me how to live for you and to tell others about you. Thank you, Jesus amen. For those of you that prayed that prayer today, you need to know that all of heaven, the Bible says that when one person turns, all of heaven is having a party over you. Can we celebrate with those that said yes to Jesus today? Now listen, if that decision is something you made today, I want to encourage you to take the next step you can. Fill out a connect card or even, man, get baptized today. Today could be your day to get baptized. As we dismiss, we're going to do that. So if you're uh, if you're here to get baptized, there's, there's, we don't have anybody else to get baptized today. Great. All right. Uh, if you still want to do that, though, I'm certain that Kyle will put you in that warm water and get you done. Um, but, uh, but but, fill out a Connect card for sure. Mark the spot and says I said yes to Jesus today. We just want to be partners with you, welcome you to the family, and help you take your next step on your spiritual journey. Amen, everybody? So take that step today. Do that. As we wrap up today's services, a couple things I want to share with you first. Uh, If if, uh, you're prepared to give today, you can do that through all these digital means that are here on the screen. There's also a give box in the back of the room. We thank you for your faithful giving. We've got some huge stuff coming up that we are excited to announce to you, stuff going on with the kids ministry, but also incredible partnerships that we are working on right now to serve the underserved and the underprivileged right here in Reynoldsburg. Uh, And I cannot wait to share that with you. It's going to be really huge. Also, uh, we we have got a partnership back that we used to do a few years ago before COVID hit, and that is Breakfast with the Bunny. You can sign up on the app or stop by the Connect Center and they'll get you registered. Uh, there are limited spots to serve at that event. It is uh, April second or fourth, I believe. It's one of the two, but you can see it on the app. It's a Saturday morning. We're going to cook breakfast for them. We're going to serve it for them. We're going to help them. It is not our event. It's a city event. We love partnering with the city and being part of what they're doing. So sign up today. You've got some time till then, but remember, once the spots are full, I, I, can't, I can't have everybody serving there. There's almost just 15 slots. Kids eight and up can come and serve as well, so we'd love to have you there for that. All right. Well, let me do this. Let me pray. We'll dismiss. And if you need prayer for anything, our pastoral team that's available will meet you right here to pray with you. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in us. Thank you for this series. God, I pray that it continue to do its work, Lord, and transform lives. Now, Lord, I pray that you go with us today, Lord. May we celebrate. May we make the difficult decisions to choose love every single day. And everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. We'll see you back here next week.